Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, and I'm the host of the show. This week on the podcast, we have a pattern designer who I've loved since the beginning of my career. And you'll hear during the interview that we started our careers at the same time. I had no idea. So very excited to introduce you to Lindsay of Pen and Paper Patterns. Before we dive in, I want to thank you for the reviews. Right now, as of recording this introduction, there are 194 reviews. We are so, so close to getting to the 200 mark. And the only reason I care about this is because when there are more reviews, the algorithm is happy. It helps share the podcast with other listeners. There's an entrepreneur out there who's wondering, how can I grow my business. I have this crafty thing that I love and I'd love to start a business and they can come and get free knowledge and information here on the podcast and enjoy the things you've been enjoying, but the algorithm won't share it with them unless they know that, oh, this podcast people are leaving reviews for, they're subscribing, they're liking, all of that. So if you want to pay it forward and you want to help an entrepreneur who is thinking of turning their craft into a career, please take just a second and leave a review for the Craft a Career podcast. Now let's dive in and I'm excited to introduce you to Lindsay of Pen and Paper Patterns. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Can you introduce who you are in the quilting community to the listeners? Hi, uh, yes. So I am the owner and pattern designer of Pen and Paper Patterns. And I have been doing that since about 2016. Okay, 2000. Did you know I actually bought one of your patterns? It's one of the first quilts that I ever made. It's um, a rain cloud with like raindrops. No way. No way. Oh, yeah. So funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I purchased it and you had, you mailed me like the updated version and I was so new oh. to quilting. I'm like, that was, that was really nice of her. <laughs> yeah. Cause I bet at the time I sold it on, oh, I forget the name of the website, but you couldn't automatically send updates, pattern updates. So I had to manually, <laughs> which oh. thankfully, <laughs> thankful, thankfully at the time it was like 2006. Um, I didn't have a ton of customers that right. time to, to send <laughs> copies of the pattern to, but that's so funny. Yeah. I'm also, I'm very impressed because that is, can be a challenging quilt <laughs> to make. It was, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of nice being a new quilter, having no clue the difference between beginning oh, yeah. and all that. I'm just like, oh, this is just quilting. So I'm just yeah. going to figure it out, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. 
So, uh, okay, I would love to hear kind of the background of how you got into quilting. I did not know you started. That's when I started my business. What a fun coinkie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is funny. Um, I technically for, first got into quilting in 2003. I had a friend who knew someone that knew how to quilt and she offered to give her and I lessons. Um, so I only did maybe two or three lessons at this lady's house because I was also very pregnant and I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old at home. So I, yeah, I did about two or three classes and then I kind of <laughs> I had to kind of wave the white flag and, and stop. But um, that's when I was first exposed to quilting. And I loved it. The little bit I did learn, I learned like piecing and block design. And um, yeah, basically, I could make a quilt block is what I learned during those three lessons. But I, yeah, I love sewing after I had gotten that little taste of it. Mm -hmm. um, but then it was in 2010 is when I officially learned how to make a quilt. I had gotten a job at a local uh, scrapbook and fabric store. They had just started selling fabric. When I started working there, it was kind of at the height of the modern quilt movement. So um, they had offered all their employees a free beginning quilting class just so they could become more familiar with the product or with, you know, fabric, sewing notions, all of that. So I jumped at that opportunity and it was about a four week class. And at the end of it, I was obsessed. I was hooked. <laughs> and I, from then on, was 24 seven making quilts, aprons, garments, bags, all kinds of stuff. So, so that's when I officially learned how to, how to quilt. Hmm. So you've done garment sewing too? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did it a lot more at the beginning when I first started sewing and um, I've only done it here or there over the last few years, but I, I, lo I love to make clothes as well. I love the idea of making clothes <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. to jump into it. Well, and I okay. should, I should also preface it by saying that I've only made clothes with like quilting co cottons or linens. Um, I've never done any more advanced type garment making. So my, my experience is sort of limited. Okay. Hmm. And okay, this is too funny. Whenever I meet anyone, basically, I'm like, oh, we're the same age. And that, oh, you're yeah. 90. Oh, oh, you're nine years old. Like they <laughs> all are the same age to me. Yeah. So you're saying you had kids in what, 2000? How old are your kids now? They, I have a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old, and an almost 20-year-old. She'll be 20 next month. So, so is this off topics? How old are you? I'm 42. How old oh, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm 41. What's the, yeah. So you just started before I did. I, okay. Yes, I started very, very young. I was 18 when I had my, my oldest. Okay, which is funny now. My kids, well, my daughter, she's 16. She's like, I want to be a young mom. It's oh, fun to have okay. young parents. I'm like, well, not too young, sweetie. Not too young. Yes, <laughs> not too young. And I I was lucky and it, it worked out like it worked out good. And I but I know most teen pregnancies do not. So I definitely don't recommend it. But um in my particular I don't know, <laughs> my particular experience was positive, thankfully. So yeah. So we are the same age. Okay. We are the same I was age. not okay. out there. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Well, you, you look, I would have assumed you were younger. So. Wow. Thank you. That's my day. <laughs> and then I'm curious, does your mom quilt? Because I feel like she was in my membership, uh, but I could be oh, wrong. 
She she was. She is a fan of yours. Um, she does oh. quilt. She does quilt. She um, she started quilting after me. Um, she but she sewed like when I was growing up. She made clothes. She made Halloween costumes. She did all of that stuff. But she had, I think she made one quilt at one point. <laughs> but she didn't really start quilting until I I want to say it was like 2018. I kind of wore her down, talked her into to doing it, and she might be more more into it than than I am, even as a business owner. So she helps me um, like test my patterns. She sometimes makes samples for me. Um, she's very helpful, um, you well, know, in re- yeah. in regards to my business. She's very sweet. I remember yes. I put out like a calling to the members or a survey. Who would you like to have as a guest? And she's like, Lindsay, a pen and paper pattern. She's my daughter. <laughs> I was like, what? No way. <laughs> but she, I mean, she's just beyond that. She's just been a very, she was a very sweet presence in the membership. And yeah, oh, very sweet. well, that's good. Yeah. She is, she's my, my number one fan. And I don't know what I would do without her support and encouragement, just not with my business, but just in general. So that's very sweet. Yeah. I like that. And I'm surprised. I just assumed when I saw she was in the membership, I'm like, Oh, Lindsay learned how to quilt from her. (laughs) No, no. Uh, I learned, yeah. Like I had said from taking that beginning quilting class, but I would watch my mom. sew, and she sewed me like like I can think of one specific Halloween costume. There was a rainbow bright Halloween costume. Awesome. And it, it was amazing, like better than what you could buy in a store. So I remember, you know, seeing the things she sewed growing up and being, and I, that's probably what, why I was interested in sewing, you know, for so long. But um, no, didn't learn from her. If any, I kind of taught her how to quilt a little bit. So how about that? It's kind, of, it kind of the opposite. Do you happen to still have a photo of that Rainbow Bright costume that she made? I do. I do. Ooh, will you send it? And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, I will. Oh, I she would. She would love that. <laughs> <laughs> we would all love that. I'm trying to picture picture this, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, so, I can definitely do that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. I, I'm curious. You mentioned, okay. And okay. I got into the whole quilting world in 2015, 2016. I was not aware that around 2010, you mentioned was the height of this modern quilt movement. Is that right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. As far as I know, I, um, like I wasn't quilting at the time, but based on my interactions with quilters at the store or just they would host like, for example, uh, the Modern Quilt Guild meetings at the store. And so I'd become, um, I'd get to know members of, of that group. And so I learned based on that, that it was kind of a new thing and becoming more popular at the time. So it could have been, I mean, that's just a rough guess, 2010, but based on my personal experience, that felt like the height Mm -hmm. uh, of that particular movement. And what would you say 2010, Lindsay would describe the modern quilt movement to be? How is it different from traditional or other quilting? Um, It's a lot of, I would say more vibrant, um, saturated colors are used in the quilt, more negative space. So the design is more distinct or present in the quilt. So you're not really seeing as much scrappy, you mm-hmm. know, looking quilts. Um, yeah, I would say that's primarily, that's what, how I would divide, 
define a modern quilt. And then your patterns have a very distinct look. How would you describe, I know how I would, but I'd love to hear how you describe your patterns. <laughs> um, a juvenile, no, I'm kidding. I can say <laughs> juvenile, but uh, that is kind of my style though. I, I definitely lean hmm. a little, little juvenile, but I think the, the thing people tell me the most, uh, like that describes my patterns the most is whimsical. Um, my patterns are all based on a theme. So for example, my last pattern I released is a button theme pattern. Mm -hmm. So I'll take a, an, a theme or something just day-to-day -day life and I'll, you know, put my own creative spin on it, turn it into a pattern. And so, yeah, I, I, that's how I describe my, my style. Okay. Whimsical. I like that. And I mean, juvenile, not in like a <laughs> way, but I hadn't, I hadn't put that together. I think it does. I've, I love kids and I've always like, like, for example, I used to do like children's wall, like murals in children's rooms and mm. stuff. I've always gravitated towards that more, I don't know. Yeah. Juvenile sort of style. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to not be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say, I think more of like a pic picture pictorial, like they're little pictures rather than yeah. a traditional quilt block, you know? Yes. That's actually, that probably describes it better than how uh, I, I want to say better. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I'm curious if you had to describe, because there is a difference, but how would you describe the difference between like Elizabeth Hartman type patterns and your patterns? I don't know if there is a difference, um, generally speaking. Um, I mean, she has her own unique style for sure. And I hope I do as well. Mm -hmm. um, like, do. I hope you can look at our patterns and be like, that's pen and paper. That's Elizabeth Hartman. But I, yeah, generally speaking, I would say it's the same. And I know there's other, you know, quite a few. I don't know exactly how many, but other pattern designers who also make patterns based on a theme and yeah I don't think it's exclusive to you know one designer right well and that is one thing that I feel really strongly about I mean anyone who's been here for a minute knows that there is room for people like when I first started my business I did a monthly subscription box and mm -hmm. then I realized that quarter shop had one and some other companies had one and I was like that's all right we each have a very unique offering in our box like what we yes. have and your patterns are going to be uniquely yours everyone yes. brings their own creative touch and so the moment we start to feel like threatened or oh no they're going to take my idea mm -hmm. it puts us in a really bad headspace but like, oh for sure I completely I so agree with that because I'll have people reach out to me and they'll be like did you see this ghost pattern did you see this um or even like a rain a rain cloud raindrops pattern and I'm like but it doesn't look anything like mine. And yeah. I'm, I don't own that, <laughs> that mm -hmm. pattern theme. Like I, I would never, it, it would be so exhausting to, <laughs> yeah. I, I think to try and control that or, or just waste that energy caring that much about people doing something that's in a similar theme as your pattern or, or whatnot. And yeah, there is room for everyone. And I think it's important to focus on your own personal style and create something that is authentic to who you are and what your style is. So that just makes me want to hang out and be friends even more. It's, <laughs> it's very natural for us to get 
feeling it's a normal human protection, you know, to like, yeah. oh, this is mine, but it doesn't serve us, you know? And like, yeah. we only have so much energy. And if we put it into, oh, that looks like mine, you know, yes. I, yes, I, yeah. I, I agree. The only, I only draw the line on if the measurements within the quilts are the same, like if it's mm-hmm. a co- copy and paste, and like yep. the, construction's the same the measurements are the same like it looks identical yeah then, has that uh, happened to you yeah yeah it has oh okay so yeah there I are think, lines there are lines as much as I say that there have been a few things where I'm like oh that's a line you know that yeah I would. yeah if yeah. it looks identical to what I did and if I you know if someone sh- well I don't know how I've been made aware by the dimensions of the block I think I've just had followers reach out and be like hey I bought this pattern and it's exactly like yours kind of thing and then then I will reach out to the pattern designer and it's only happened a few times but every time they've for the most part been cooperative and realized that you know that that's not okay mm-hmm. so um but yeah other than that no I don't I do not waste time and energy <laughs> yeah caring about that um, so, and I think most people in this, in the pattern design, you know, space or just this industry in general are so kind and want to help you and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, generally I've only had very positive experiences with fellow pattern designers or, you know, people. Yeah, I, I'm thankful for that. And I feel like if you're in a, an area or a, I don't know, what am I trying to surrounding that's not positive, then mm-hmm. it's okay. You could find there's many where it is positive. Yes. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely have experienced that as well. And yeah, you just decide mm-hmm. who you want to, you know, spend that energy time uh, with. And I think that's life in general too. You just kind of grow and you know, sometimes friendships or uh, business relationships don't work out and you have to kind of grow and evolve with that. So, yep, absolutely. Which leads me to my next question. Well, this actually wasn't on the list, but I'm curious. Do you have a team? Do you have people that you hire? I have one employee who is my, also my best friend of like 35 years we've, we've known each other since we were six. Um, she fills orders for me. So distributor orders, just website orders, all of that stuff. So yeah, I do have, she, she's a huge help. Oh, awesome. Uh, to me, so, and that has worked out. You haven't burned a bridge there. No, no. And she's been working for me since 2021. So a couple of years now. And oh. no, we work, she's kind of, I consider her the boss. <laughs> of, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Of filling orders and taking care of that stuff. She's, she does a really good job taking care of it. And, and I'm the boss of all the other things. And it's a very cooperative sort of uh, business and yeah, business relationship. But like, for example, we're going out of town this weekend to do like a girl's trip. So we still, we try and, um, you know, have a good balance of we're, we're still doing friend stuff. We're still, and then we do the work stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any rules? Like at this weekend, we won't talk about work. (laughs) No, No, not really. Actually, we, I usually go over to her house to like fill orders and it's really nice. We both just enjoy just chatting and catching up on what went on that week. And so it's like, we're hanging out because a lot of the filling orders is a pretty mindless thing. So you can just sit and chat and it's, it's like we're hanging out 
and yeah. occasionally we'll talk about work, but sometimes not. But yeah, no, no restrictions on that. Oh, well, I think that does speak very well of both of you that you're able to work and be friends. That is definitely unique. You don't see a lot of that. So well yeah. done to the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And I'm curious, do you sell anything else besides patterns? Uh, yes, I sell something called fine line glue tips, which they're, they're just literally, they're glue tips that you screw onto an Elmer's glue bottle. So any sort of washable glue bottle um, and you use it to obviously dispense glue, but you can use it in all different ways when you sew. I primarily use it for when I'm piecing. So you just put like a little line of glue within your seam allowance and then you heat set it, let it air dry and then sew. So instead of using pins, I'm using glue. Um, mm -hmm. And that it just helps your fabric, your your units, whatever you're sewing from shifting while you sew. So it keeps everything in place and really helps if you're really particular about <laughs> how your seams look or seams lining up, uh, which I am. So it really, really helps with that. And also you're not having to stop and pause to pull out pins when you're sewing. You're just, just sew. And, and that, I also like that part of it. So is this mostly for curves or do you use this like every time that you're piecing? Almost every time I'm piecing. I'm, wow. I, and there's a lot of people that are like, you don't need to, you don't need a glue base that. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but <laughs> I would rather be, um, I don't know what the word, I'm looking for, but I would rather do it anyways and avoid just even because those little tiny mistakes add up, especially in the type of quilts I make where there's a lot of seams in a block. Yeah. So I would rather just glue almost every seam and avoid, you know, those, those um, mistakes or whatever you would call them adding up and then having a bigger problem at the end. So from start to finish, pretty much I, I am glue basting my seams. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, maybe I'll get, do you do like a video demo of how you, how you use this? I have a few, I, I have linked to one on, on the listing on my website, but on my Instagram or Facebook, whatever, TikTok, I have videos that also share how to use them. Okay. Well, maybe uh, we can get that link and put that in the show notes as well. Oh, I'm that actually would... curious to check that out. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And then, which I, you mentioned like TikTok and all these places, do you, where have you seen the most growth with, with your business? Oh, definitely Instagram, definitely okay. Instagram, Facebook, hardly anything, but at the same time, I'm really bad about kind of being present on there. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to be better about that. Um, TikTok is going okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm new on there. So <laughs> the growth isn't horrible, but I wouldn't say it's amazing either. But, um, but yeah, so definitely Instagram for sure. And I, then that leads me to this question. How, how are your sales? You do not need, I'm not looking for like, I earn this much per year, but like, <laughs> are you able to have support your family with your pattern sales? Um, I'm able to support myself. I, my, besides my daughter who's in college and I do help her out in that way, but I'm, my income is used just to support myself. And yes, I, I can thankfully, and I'm extremely thankful for that. Um, especially because, you know, a couple of years ago I went through a separation and mm -hmm. at the time I didn't, wasn't sure. I thought I would have to get a part-time job and supplement that income. 
Um, but I'm very thankful that I've been able to do it full time and be able to, yeah, pay the bills and support myself, you know, so. That's a huge blessing. So yeah. okay, when, like you mentioned a few years ago, when the separation happened, it sounds like there has been growth in your pattern sales since then, or at least you're more confident in it. Yeah, there was a growth, a significant growth, um, which is fine. It, the I separated in, in February. And then in March, I released uh, my Scandi quilt collection pattern, which included sparrows. Mm. And I I assumed when I when I released that collection that I was just going to release that collection and then I was going to move on to something else. Like I was going to get a job somewhere else. I was just, but since I had already had these patterns pretty much ready to go, I was just going to release them. Yeah. So anyways, um, but sparrows um, in particular did extremely well. It's by far my best selling pattern. And that is, I would say sparrows is the main reason besides just building up inventory of patterns that helps a lot too. I have a a bigger inventory, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. but without sparrows, I don't, I don't know if I would have, I'd still be able to do this full time. Isn't that crazy how things work out timing? Yeah. Wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very thankful. It was only a short period of time where I was extremely scared and stressed <laughs> yeah. about, about, yeah, making ends and, meet. You know, no one, if we knew the answer to this truly, we would be wealthy, right? Like beyond. But yeah, oh, if yeah. you, like, if you had to guess why Sparrows was so popular, did you have mm-hmm. an inkling that it would be like what? So let's well, talk about that. Okay, so I do have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I don't. I I thought it it could do well because my engagement on my Instagram posts and stuff did really well, um, and I had people who had shown the design to that were like, "Oh, that's gonna do well." I per, it wasn't my favorite pattern from the collection. I I was like, "It's okay. I don't know." Mm-hmm. Um, I. What I've noticed, like, so for example, sorry, I'm kind of all, all over the place, but when I released Rainy Day, I was mm-hmm. so excited about that pattern. And I got really great engagement on that as well. What I didn't realize um, at the time is that the more um, skill your pattern requires, the smaller your pool of, <laughs> you know, customers that mm. want to buy it is. So I was releasing these like more advanced or intermediate style patterns. And I, for the first three years, I did not, was not profiting um, as a business because I wasn't really making any sales um, because not a lot of people wanted to, I personally love to be challenged when I make a quilt. Like I get bored pretty easily. So I want that challenge, but I, it took me a few years to realize that a lot of people don't feel that way. <laughs> so interesting. Uh, yeah. So anyways, back to sparrows. Like I, I just never know. I can cross off the same boxes with every pattern and one pattern will do well and one will not. And I crossed off all those boxes with sparrows and I knew there was a, ch- there's always a chance, but I don't know if it was the timing of it or I don't know what it was, but it, it still is sells really well for me. And I, I honestly don't understand because I think that pattern is just okay. I just think well, and 
I'm looking at your patterns. Like I'm curious to throw out some of my favorites and have you be like, yeah, that's in one of the top selling. Well, uh, the fresh as a daisy. So fresh as a daisy is probably my top three. I ah, love that. Okay. And yep. that's a, that is a good seller for me, but like the version you made gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I am proud of that pattern. So you should be, it's a really oh. good one. I mean, that oh, one I was like, you. I've got to do this. <laughs> no, it what looks- about... It's beautiful in your collection. Oh, thank you. How about your Folk Blooms uh, quilt? Um, Like how does it sell well? Yeah, that's like one of my other favorites. Yeah, it does. That is a, a, it sells pretty well. Um, most of my floral flower patterns, they, they do well, which makes me so happy because that's my favorite theme to do a quilt on. So so yeah, yeah, folk blooms, Larkspur, if I'm being totally honest, doesn't sell really well. But I knew that going into it because anytime I do a pattern that's not based on a th- or pictorial mm-hmm. uh, style, it doesn't sell well. Pe- people like that, you know, that's what they mm-hmm. want to buy from me is the pictorial, pictorial style. So um, yeah. How about the book one? I would, a lot of quilters love reading. I would think that would be popular. Yeah, that's, that's another, that sells really well for me too. Um, yeah, Book Nook does well too. And your button one, is it, this is the typewriter one, right? Oh, and that's, I, I love that pattern too, but that is a more advanced pattern to make. So that hasn't sold. Well, when I launched it, it did sell well. Uh, like I sold spiral bound copies of it and those sold out so quickly, which was surprising to me. Um, but overall sales, they just kind of trickle in for that pattern. Um, but I, hmm, that's another one. I'm adorable. Really, oh, thank you. I'm, I, that's another one I'm really proud of. Cause it, it was a beast <laughs> to write too. Cause each it's what 27 block patterns. And then there's four projects within the the pattern as well so um wow yeah, yeah looking at it I'm like you're right because all the letters of the alphabet and the flower and the typewriter yeah and there's a heart block actually there's uh-huh. probably more than yeah so my goodness yeah. that should no, be a was, book <laughs> <laughs> it technically it technically is it, it's because I yeah. I printed yeah the book or I don't know what eight and a half by eleven size so yeah hmm. well I really like that one so the sparrows though, that's your bestseller, huh? It is. Not that I sound right. so surprised. I do. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> that is the best. That is by far my bestseller. Yeah. See, that's what, if we could figure out the science behind it, like. I would, I don't think there, this is how I feel about it. Again, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think you can only do so much, but then there's factors that can override I don't know. There's just so many different factors that I think determine what, you know, makes a pattern do well or not. I do think the universal sort of themes, flowers, birds, um, I think those, because more people, there's going to be less people who love ladybugs than love flowers and, and birds and stuff like that. So um, I think that helps for sure, but I don't think it is an exact science. Um, Yeah. I mean, if it were, we we'd all we'd yes we'd all be doing really well. yeah yeah because I even attri- I attribute a lot of my success to just the timing like when I uh, came into this industry and started selling patterns was at a 
you know, like I said, the height of the modern quilt movement, there wasn't, it wasn't super saturated with other pattern designers. There were distributors who were wanting to expand and sell more modern quilt patterns. So like Checker, for example, reached out to me, I want to say within six months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not that that translated into like, you know, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of sales at all, but it was really cool to, yeah, obviously be recognized in that way. But I think it was just right place, right time uh, for me. Like, I think it would be a lot harder if I was trying to make it as a pattern designer, if I, you know, did that right now or started right now. Yeah. Well, and you're good. Cause I bet there's a lot of other people who started at that time who haven't made it, but you've got, you've got a niche, which is really important yeah. and you're yeah, good. And, I, so. and I'm truly, I'm truly passionate about what I do. Like I, I love what I do. There's nothing else I'd rather do. The, even when I was like thinking I'd have to get another job, I'm like, I don't know what, what else <laughs> am I, am I good at or that I love this much? And there's really nothing. So, which um, uh, I do have another question to change topics. But beforehand, how is yeah. the snail one doing? Because that one's so cute. Oh, yeah, actually, that one was that sold really well for me for a long time. That was before sparrows. That was one of my best sellers, um, hmm. and mainly because so uh, sew alongs or quilt alongs was kind of a new thing when I released that pattern. And I don't know if you're familiar with Gnome Angel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she hosted a quilt along for that pattern, which was so nice for nice of her. And that I uh, much of much of my success of that pattern was because of her promoting it during the quilt along and so many people participated in it. And but yeah, Hmm. that pattern did did well for me. That's awesome. Oh, that's really sweet of her. It was. Yeah. And then I'm curious, have you ever thought about designing fabric? Um, I have at the beginning because all throughout my life, I've been creative, artistic, all of that stuff. So I, I definitely was interested in it in the beginning. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's maybe at some point that would be cool. I've never had a fabric manufacturer reach out about it. Mm. Um, but if they did, I would, I would definitely consider it. I don't know if I'd actually do it, but yeah. uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was I I wanted that was something I wanted to do. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if if you do. And as I'm looking through your feed, I feel like there's certain colors. I don't know. I feel like you've got a good look that oh, well, thank you. success and all of that. <laughs> but yeah, very thank cool. You. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm curious, what has been just the most fulfilling, your favorite part of what you do? My favorite part is probably the creative freedom. Like I can design a quilt based on whatever theme I want. I can do it in whatever colors I want. I just, I don't do well with restrictions. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I have to be excited about what I'm doing. And if I'm not excited, I, it's just not a pleasant experience for me. So that's probably my favorite part. I love it. And I'm curious. So as I'm looking through your quilts and I'm hearing this creative freedom to choose the colors I want, usually I see that you use pretty bold, like the buttons really stand out and the flowers. Mm -hmm. There's one quilt that I'm seeing here. um, Oh, now if I can find it again, that has more muted colors. Yeah. Do you you find that you are just drawn to those colors that are a bit more bold? Um, I go through phases of what colors or even I don't know, sort of color schemes I'm, I'm, 
I gravitate towards. But um, I would say like at the beginning, I loved like rainbow colors, really bright, saturated colors. And then there was a period of time where I did like more muted color palettes. Um, and then recently I'm gravitating back towards more colorful, saturated colors. So it just, it goes in waves, it changes just based on what I'm into at the time. Hmm. See, and that's part of the thing you love about what you do is that you can do that. And... Yes. If I was, yeah, if I had, if I was in a box and I only used certain colors because that's what, I don't know. Like, I know there's some people who have like brand sort of like mm-hmm. that are brand friendly, like keep it consistent. But I, I, I really struggle if it doesn't feel authentic or genuine to who I am, then I, I just feel a little icky about it. So yeah, I just do whatever yeah. I'm, I'm excited about. And I would say it from my outside perspective. So for me, I like, I tell when I'm coaching or teaching, like mm-hmm. have a niche and sometimes that's your color, but you've okay. done yeah. such well, but you've done such a good job with your look that you can use muted or bright. And now this is me. That is just my opinion. But I feel yeah. like it's still recognizable if someone sees your stuff. They're not like, wait, this is a muted color. This cannot possibly be, you know? Yeah. No, that's actually a really good point. And it's probably yeah, just my style of pattern is what makes it recognizable and not necessarily the colors that I'm using. I also think it's beneficial to use different color palettes as a pattern design to because if you only did muted colors and you have customers who love to use bright colors they not might not be able to see the potential of the pattern if you're only using one particular color palette if you make the quilt in different colors then you're going to get people it'll attract you know other people who are drawn to that particular color palette too and be able to see it um you know in real life that's so true. Cause there sometimes I'll see a quilt done one way. I'm like, eh, doesn't speak to me. And then someone else does it with different fabrics. I'm like, oh, I've got to make it. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And so then along these lines, but kind of the opposite. So what's been the, maybe the hardest part of starting a creative career? Um, probably, and this changes, you know, from year to year, but I would say currently the hardest part is probably being consistent with social media mm-hmm. and, and, uh, creating content or just staying up to date on what, I don't know, what is most helpful for your business on social media. That's, yeah, that's my least favorite part. I love, I love the community I have on social media, in particular Instagram. It's really positive. Everyone is so supportive and so encouraging. And that has helped, especially over the last couple of years, has helped so much. And I love that. I think it's just the creating content part (laughs) or Mm -hmm. posting regularly when all I... I I just want to sew and I want to design. I do love to chat with, you know, the people who comment and message me and stuff, but yeah, it it might be the, the taking video and taking photos and, you know, making time for that is, can be a struggle sometimes. Yes. Yes, for sure. I, if there's anyone out there who's like, no, that's my favorite part. I love it. Start a business, (laughs) do people's social media. Oh, true. Yes. That's, that's what you should be doing. Uh, Yes. Please. For all of us who don't love it as much. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then I just also am curious as I'm looking through here, when you very first started, like I've mentioned, you 
you've done such a good job of finding this pictorial, like childlike niche. Did mm-hmm. it always start out that way? Did you come out, did you come out like intending to do this or it's just what you're drawn to? Is it, is it intentional with your brand to like, no, I need to kind of do this type of a pattern? No, no, not intentional at all. Prior to designing quilt patterns, I was making and selling handmade imitations on Etsy. So and so, for example, I'd have customers reach out and be like, hey, can you make uh, birthday invitations that are monster themed? And so I would, it wouldn't just be a rectangular, you know, card that had monsters on it. I would make the invitation in the shape of a monster and it would have three dimensional elements to it. And the mouth opened up and inside the monster, you could see its stomach and ribs and heart. And then there'd be the pattern or uh, party information in there. Like I made it interactive and like I would take a theme and just kind of try and elevate it or make it feel, you know, like an experience in a way. So I've always love to take a theme or something I'm inspired by and just like keep keep it keep the theme but just Mm -hmm. yeah make it feel whimsical and that kind of stuff so I've I've always gravitated toward the the style that I do for pattern design so for anyone who's thinking of starting a creative business what Uh advice would you share with them uh, my number one advice would probably be build a website. I think that's pretty common now. Back when I started, I think if you're a cra- crafty, creative person, you would start your business on Etsy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for the longest time. And I had a friend basically be like, you really need to build a website. You need to do this. And I'm really glad I listened to her because um, I eventually did it. And that's mm-hmm. where you know I generate most of my sales on there. But um, if I had done it sooner, it would have been much easier to set up. I had already had like 30 products, I want to say patterns at the time. So it just was a more involved process. I also Mm -hmm. would recommend getting your newsletter, like start, you know, doing that as soon as possible. I think that's so helpful. Don't just rely on social media for your sales. So yeah, I think that's very yes. important too. Preach that. It's so important. Well, and just on that topic again, I feel like I'm uh, repeating myself, but it's worth repeating. So <laughs> <laughs> it's social media, it's fun, but like 7% of your audience sees your posts. Yeah. And with Gmail, with G- I say Gmail, hello, with your email, um, it's way higher. And uh-huh. people are always like, oh, but no one checks their email or opens them. Well, it's, it's higher. That's all I can say. Yeah, it is higher. It is higher. And I used to be one of those people because I don't open newsletters a ton, you know, mm-hmm. or emails. So I just assumed a lot of other people were like that. But no, that's not the case at all. And I feel like yep. it's even less yep. than 7% lately on Instagram. It's getting that's engaged- true. Getting engagement is, can be challenging, you know, Yeah. Re- yep. recently. Yeah, that good old algorithm. You know, yeah, I love it. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is great advice. So, for our listeners who want to find you, where are the best places to find you? Um, I'm pen and paper patterns almost everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Yeah. So, if you just search pen and paper patterns, you'll you'll find me. Awesome. And we'll have those links in the show notes if people want to see the cute costume that your mom made and the link to the glue top that you talked about and you yeah. know let's put a link to the sparrows pattern if you've got a photo and a link we'll put that yeah. in there as well okay thank you so much yeah 
Yeah. Thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast, Lindsay. It was great having you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Lindsay, thank you so much for being a guest here on the podcast. It was really cool hearing about the start of our careers and just kind of, you know, as we are the same age, going through the different checkpoints of our lives and how you've grown and evolved as a person and as a business owner. And as always, I love diving into the nitty gritty of business. What things have worked for you? What things have you been intentional about? What things have just kind of unfolded in a certain way? So it's been super insightful. And again, for our listeners, you can visit the show notes at quilterscandy.com and go to the podcast area. So Lindsay, thank you for being here. Join me next Friday here on the Crafty Career Podcast. Each Friday, there is a brand new episode to help you learn how to turn your craft into a successful career. Until then, have a wonderful week.